successful world through education. Each week we bring you a new idea, however big and bold it is, that has the potential to disrupt, appease, or remix education. Now here's your host and my dad, Ryan Scott. Well, here we are. Uh, episode 47. Hard to believe uh, we are turning the corner close to episode 50. I'm going to let you know, you know, a lot of the times I say I'm really excited about an episode, but but I, I genuinely got to tell you, like, this is an episode that we have tried to get together three times now and life has just happened. Um, so a part of me thinks like, like the, like the cosmos is fighting against this episode because of all the awesomeness we are about to drop. But I, but I don't care because we're going to get it rolling. Um, today, I have got my friend from across the pond. Uh, her name, you probably already know if you have anything to do with Twitter or anything to do with tech in ed. Uh, her name is Miss Georgina Dean. She is the director of digital strategy at a K through 12 school in England. She is the ed futurist of the year for 2021 from edfuturist.com. Um, and she did tell me that was a pretty rigorous process. Like uh, it sounds like the voice, like got all these people like going for this uh, thing and like she came out on top. So she's pretty awesome in her own right. Um, she is also the founder of SL Eco Hub, um, which is a uh, one of her Google Innovator projects, uh, she hopefully will get to talk about this. It's really really cool. But outside of that, she is a speaker, a writer, a keynote speaker, and she is keen to impact creative innovation across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. So, without further ado, my girl Georgina, thank you for being here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. Oh my goodness, what an introduction. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And it is uh, finally, as you said, epic to be here at last. And thank you for your patience. It's been it's been tricky with relocation and everything, but I'm so excited to be here because your podcast is so cool. It's really, really real, authentic. I listen to it um, almost every week at the uh, at the gym. You said you were going to the gym. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. Thank you. Listen, listen, you know what? Um, not only do, you know, six hours separate us, a whole ocean <laughs> separates us, but you know, life just happens. Um, you know, I'm a dad of four, you are a mama of three cats and look, life just happens. And so, you know, I, I really try to be real on this podcast that, um, look, I'm just a dude from Western Kentucky who got bored during the, the, um, COVID and just decided to start a podcast for my 40th birthday. And I have been blessed to meet amazing people like you. So thank you very much for being on the Big Ed Idea podcast. I'm so excited to learn together and learn from other audience members. It's been really interesting um, to connect. And you had Pam on here was it last week or the week before. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was really cool. Pam's so energetic, full of great creative ideas. So yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, Pam Your Spanish and I, is pretty good there, Ryan, by the way. Well, um, I so I got into Spanish when I was probably 13, 14, because I refed uh, soccer football, as you would know it, in a <laughs> Hispanic soccer league where I grew up. Um, and I learned all the bad words because I learned that the guys that were playing Spanish were uh, saying bad words to me. 
And so I learned it so that I could give them red cards and kick them off the field. But, <laughs> um, but no, and then, um, then I went on a mission trip to Houston one summer with my church, and we worked in a uh, predominantly Hispanic portion of Houston. And I just fell in love with the culture and with the language. And so, uh, yeah, Pam and I have, so she doesn't know this, Pam, if you're listening, but she is going to welcome me and my wife down there in the Dominican Republic soon. Uh, we're just going to fly on down to Punta Gorda, uh, Punta Cana, Punta Gorda is in Mexico, Punta Cana. And we're just going to crash her house and we're going to do a little merengue. And uh, yeah, so Pam, get ready. Oh my goodness, Pam, how exciting. <laughs> and I hope to be able to do the same one day. It's uh, it's such a beautiful place. I mean, from what I've seen on the internet, I haven't been yet, obviously, but it's it's on the bucket list, Ryan. That's You're right. Lucky. That's right. Well, and uh, I have been to England twice, but I just Ooh. went to London uh, when I was 18. I went to Sweden for about three weeks. And so one of the places we went to was uh, England. But I tell you, one of my like, I'm a big backpacker. And so one of my like, okay big dreams is to like just be let off in Scotland and then somehow make my way from Scotland to Ireland on down to England, Wales, all, all in that area and just just see what happens. It's an adventure. It's so beautiful here. And even though the countries are so close together, obviously, when you travel to the other ones, like I've been to Ireland as well, it, it is different. You can yeah. clearly tell the differences between them. So it's it's really beautiful. You should, uh, I hope your, your other dream comes true then, I guess we can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is October and uh, over here, Halloween is pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. Um, sure. While, actually, while we are recording this, my 10 year old has turned our living room into a movie theater to, yeah. Uh, yeah, to placate the other two sisters since mom's at work. So they are watching some type of Halloween movie in there. Um, but one of my favorite Halloween movies is American Werewolf in London. So like I watch it every October. So, you know, I'll be thinking of you as I uh, watch a werewolf tear into some guy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all right so are you ready to it, get go ahead go ahead go i ahead. was just i was just gonna say i think it's fascinating how you know your kids are off having their own little adventure you're having an ed tech adventure and i just think the whole family's adventurous so i think that's pretty inspirational in and of itself or it's a three-ring circus oh one or the <laughs> other there you go optics <laughs> for the audience to decide there we that's go. right that's right all right so let's get rolling into this big ed idea okay. podcast um, the first section that I have really, really gotten into um, is just, you know, talking to people out there. What's going on at my house? What's going on at your house at the, at the present? Um, so as we record this episode, it is fall break. Um, over here in my district, we get a whole week off. So that's really, really awesome. Um, normally, my family goes down to Florida to the beach, but this year we decided to stay home. Um, and so yesterday we went to the zoo with the family and then we went to the park. Wow. Yeah. And then we went and ate pizza. And, um, this morning I got up early, uh, made breakfast for the girls and then went and worked out down by the river and came home and I am ready to do this podcast stuff with you. So, um, girl, what's going on at your house? Other than like, you told me things are really crazy, but like, what else <laughs> is going on? Well, good crazy. I mean, busy, yeah, right? Crazy. In the world of education, if we're not moving at 10 million miles an hour, as far as like supporting our schools, right, then 
then there'd be a, a question there. But no, it's it's definitely a good busy. So um, yeah, basically it is temperatures dropped drastically okay. like two weeks ago. I say drastically, but in comparison to you know North America, not quite so. <laughs> but we did go from like you know twenty down to like eight or nine. So there's like the windows are a little bit foggy in the morning. You know when you open the blinds and. Um, you have to put on a jacket to go to the gym in the morning before the sun comes out. And then actually, I was really surprised, Ryan, because when I moved here to England, everybody was like, oh, all you're going to talk about is the weather. And I'm like, no, I'm from Canada. It's going to be fine. I can handle the weather. But literally, in the span of like one meeting that I was at this afternoon um, on the first floor, the windows are open. It went from like sunshine to wind so loud, it blew things over inside the meeting room to terrain torrential rain oh, and okay. fun again torrential rain like really have like coming through the window like you can <laughs> see it on like a 45 degree angle really hard rain and then back to sunshine again in like less than an hour so that that's definitely um different for me is the weather here they say that you have to like be prepared for like the four everything seasons, but I, yeah yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Um, and as far as like school goes, we're coming up to half term as well, but in um, two weeks. So we break up, I think, on the 18th of October for two weeks down here. Um, and then... Um, Actually, the, the staff will, but like I work, as I'm sure you do, all year round. So I'll sure. probably take my vacation closer to Christmas time and then okay. I'll just, you know, keep plugging through the half term to make sure that we get things set up and help the school get going um, just because I'm new here, etc. And then... Um, and then, yeah, that's it. No big plans yet for the, the big holiday. But there are some really magical places around here that I'm discovering through our walking and running adventures and also really cool play. I don't know if you managed to get to Cambridge when you were in England or not, no, Ryan, but my husband and I were, yeah, we're really excited to get there. They said that there's like a canal and you can take a little oh, boat sweet. around the, the center of the city. So um, we might just do like a couple day trip, uh, weekend day trip up there on, on the half term break or something. So yeah, that's okay. about it. So I, I you know, I kind of did a little Google map uh, review of where um, you are at and it's, it's yeah. up around London. Isn't that right? North of London around somewhere like that. Yeah. It's only an hour away from London. So we're really close to where you visited last. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. All right, girl. So, um, this segment, uh, which we affectionately call two for two, as we've said multiple times <laughs> is just, uh, you know, it, it, it stems from my sincere belief. And I think the pandemic has really showed this, that connection must come before content. Um, yeah. And I feel like we already know each other a little bit from Mastermind. Um, if, if anybody out there doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, we participated in a Mastermind chat over the last school year from the Teach Better team on Tuesday mornings. And it's just where a group of uh, crazy administrators from all over the world <laughs> just sit down and we devote like an hour to each other and we just talk. Um, so I met Georgina back then, but I, but, but I do have a couple questions that yeah. are going to tell me even more about who <laughs> Georgina is. So my first question, and I know, so you've lived in Jordan, you've lived in England. So I feel like you are a very adventurous person. Um, and that is a wonderful thing. But my, my question is a place that you have never been 
but you really want to go? Oh, it's such a good question. And there's that list is just so big, Ryan. <laughs> so for the, yeah. And yeah, if the listeners it. could see my face, I like came right up close to the camera. My <laughs> eyes are like full <laughs> of excitement because it really is so big. Um, all right. So let's see what I'm going to pick for this segment then. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with a place um, in Hawaii for now. Ooh. There's lots of places, but I'm going to pick Hawaii for several reasons. So my my husband and I, we've done a couple um, Ironman 70.3s. I know you've had some Holy guests on your yeah. episode who have... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we've done a couple of those. Um, I did Sri Lanka, he did Dubai, and then we did Brazil together. Oh. And um, so... It, as I'm sure you already know, having had other guests on, on your, your, your podcast, the, the main, you know, big Ironman is in Hawaii. So that's, that's right. kind of like a dream race spot for my husband and I, but then recently, because, um, you know, and that's part of my big ed idea for later, but like part of my thing on creative spaces and everything, I've gotten into this audio space zone and how we can build relationships and practice active listening through audio spaces and really start to understand meaning a lot more and just actually understand each other when you yeah. don't have to necessarily, you know, look at a camera, worry about what you're wearing, etc. Anyway, I've met some pretty cool um, ed tech leaders through uh, skilled space. So just a quick little shout out to um, the Swivel team. Um, and Sarah, and there's two education leaders who were doing some epic things in Hawaii. And I thought to myself, gosh, there's how cool reason. would that be, right? To go to Hawaii, either watch and or, you know, participate if my skills ever get close to where they need to be for <laughs> a, a championship, uh, but at least watch and then connect with some ed leaders out there. How cool would that be, eh? I think like that's a, that's a good excuse if for nothing else. Like, uh yeah i'm really gonna go talk to some educators in hawaii but really i'm just gonna go enjoy the beach <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um that's kind of my reasoning for really like going overseas because I've, I've i've talked to several people from the england area um and like yeah so if i can sell it as yeah this is professional but not really but whatever no, the, the one place that I would really, really, really like to go is New Zealand. I've never been there. Ah, um, no, I've never been there. Oh, but it just looks beautiful, 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 beautiful. Um, and one of my man crush edge edge leaders is Hamish Brewer, who I get ah. to have on. Yeah, he, he is going to be my 50th uh, guest. Yeah, right. So, but he's from there. And so I would love to go to that country and just see what it's all about. So who knows? Who knows? Oh, I love that. So my next question, my friend. Um, okay. I do know that you are pretty, you know, lack of a better word, uh, pretty big in the world of ed. But outside of education, what is something that you are an expert in? Oh, that is such a good question, too. But mostly because of the way you worded the question, because... Right. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I just had, I did some some inset for some middle leaders today actually at my school and we were talking about like this idea of being an expert and in a society now, thanks to technology, et cetera, where we're moving so quickly yeah, right. and world life is changing so rapidly. Can we really always be an expert, you know, in comparison with the idea good of point. lifelong learning, right? Yeah, so, point. um 
yeah, it was interesting you asked that question because I just had a conversation about that today. However, I would say like, you know, given that that I feel personally that, you know, you can't be an expert in, you know, necessarily everything. Something that I'm passionate about, though, outside of being an ed is actually a musician. So um, it actually may be something that not a lot of people know about. No, so that could not. be unique for your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I went to um, school, I started playing the flute, I think when I was like, what, 10 or 11, something like that, um, played all through high school, uh, took it to university. It's currently sitting, um, in my second home in Egypt because I was going to go back for it after we flew to Jordan. And then obviously the pandemic hit and we couldn't reroute through Egypt because it was on the red list. And so we came directly here to England. So my poor flute is still sitting in, um, in the, the land of the pharaohs, as it were. Um, but I will get it soon. I will get it soon as soon as it's, it's possible to travel there. And um, yeah, you know, that was actually the first reason, Ryan, it's a really good question, because uh, it was the first reason to travel. So, well, technically I moved from here to, to Canada, but from Canada, the first place that I traveled was to Germany on a music exchange. So okay. I spent some weeks in Germany um, playing my flute um, and also in concert bands, uh, pit bands, marching bands. Um, yeah, and actually music is my uh, one of my honors degrees. So um mm. So teaching music actually is one of them. So it's an interesting side fact for your podcast. Okay. Um, so I thought you were, you know, I thought you were pretty cool early. And now, <laughs> now this like has elevated you like um, 10 points. So like, bravo, because I'm, you know, you, I know you've listened to this. So you know that I am all about music. I always have music. Yes. Everything. I play the piano. I play the banjo. I play the drums. Um so yeah, that, that tells me a lot about you. <laughs> yeah. But as for me, something, and I like how you said that though, it's really hard to be an expert. Cause I think you're right. Yeah. Um, especially with the way of the world now, like, you know, um, I, I, yeah, but you're right. So something that I'm also very passionate about outside of education is training dogs. Um, I have a, yeah, I have a Australian shepherd. And I have read several books um, written by the monks of New Skeet. So it's a monkery up in New York, and they raise uh, German shepherds. But their whole philosophy about raising dogs is just, it's awesome to me. And so, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm a little tyrannical, maybe is the word to say that, because like when we get puppies, I have this checklist of things that all of my kids and my wife are supposed to know to do. Um, and probably most of the time they don't. Um, and that's okay. But um, yeah, so me and actually me in Houston, that's my dog. We are going on a 40 mile hike this Friday. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. That is super cool. I think um I think hiking definitely adds to your adventurous side, getting outdoors and enjoying um, all of that. But I didn't know you trained dogs. Um, that's mm. also very fascinating for me because I grew up with dogs. And you're right, you have to, 
you know, unlike the, the rescue cats that we adopted when we were in Egypt, dogs require training. You're right. Yeah. Like they don't just automatically know where, where the bathroom is and, and they don't know how to behave uh, with humans. Whereas cats, you know, and again, I'm not an expert on the cat side because those, the cats are new for me in the last few years, but, um, but it would appear from the rescue cats that I do have that they, they much know how to yeah, behave sure. with us, you know? Well, you know, the pharaohs um, thought that cats were divine. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there's something behind that. There you go. All oh, right. How fascinating. Love it. So are okay, you, you ready? ready for your question? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask yeah. away. So the first question is related to your adventurous side, actually. And the second question is actually related to a very important day today. So we'll ask the first question first. My first question is, important. what are the highest points and the lowest points on earth that you've ever traveled. So that's actually fascinating that you mentioned you were going on a hike. So what's the, the okay. highest point that you've ever been to and the lowest point? Okay, so the highest point I've ever been to is probably out in Colorado, uh, Breckenridge, Colorado. We took a trip as a family. <laughs> it's a funny story. So my family of six, I think it was six at that time. I'm going to say it was six. And then my sister-in-law's family of three. And then my mother and father-in-law all went to Breckenridge, Colorado one spring. Yeah, spring. It was spring break. Drove up there. Like the last day there that we were there, there was this humongous snowstorm. Like huge. Oh. So we like had to hightail it out. And like, mm -hmm. we're driving down through the mountains and it's not very good. And those roads are like, not, not, they're like straight down. Um, so we get to Colorado or we get to Denver and then they close the airport and we're like, uh, so we actually, the like 11 of us or however many there were rented two vans and drove 18 hours from, yeah, from Colorado across, you know, Kansas, Missouri, um, but I actually, I actually loved it. My wife thought it was crazy because our kids were screaming the entire time, but I actually loved it. Um, cause it was, I don't know, it, it's, it's something to put in that backpack of memories. So, um, that's the highest I've ever been. <sighs> Lowest. So I'm probably, I'm probably going to say it is in Florida. So here's a, a, interesting tidbit when i was 18 i went to a three-day concert on an indian reservation um oh yeah new year's 1999 to 2000 so like the millennia when mm. supposedly all the computers were supposed to crash and like you know, i remember you know terminator was was going to happen again um but yeah i was on a um indian reservation in the seminole indian reservation down in the swamps the Everglades of Florida. And so I'm thinking that would be the lowest because it's sea level-ish, um, but yeah. No, that is really cool. And you got the sea level-ish thing correctly because I was asking, because I remember when you and I first connected, well, at least connected to be on your podcast, I was still living in Jordan, right? And at that time, and, you know, fun fact for, for the audience, Jordan is the country where the lowest point on earth exists with the Dead Sea. Oh, so the dead, yeah, 
the Dead Sea has the highest concentration of salt, and it's All also right. considered the lowest point on Earth. So in Amman, where we were living in Jordan, we literally drove like 45 minutes down the mountain, so a thousand meters down. Oh, wow. Uh, to get to the Dead Sea, and so um, it's always a it's always an interesting thing for me to think about. And I always think, gosh, if I never moved to Jordan, would would that ever be an important thing to me? Yeah. You know, would it ever would I would I ever be curious about it? But um, but no, thanks for sharing. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's pivot. Okay. Let's pivot into this education world. Uh, let's yes, get down to the nitty 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 gritty. Um, yeah. This- one of the questions that I love to find out from folks, and I think you've already. You've kind of give us maybe um, a precursor or a, a prologue to this question, but how did Ed find you? Mm, you're right with the precursor. So um, it was in my it was when I was in high school, I guess we could say. So it was my music teacher. And he said to me, you know, you really have a flair for music and you're really good on your flute. But I noticed, you know, you were helping your your other classmates in the class. And I really would like to see you have a go at conducting, you know, like oh yeah the maestro so I was like oh that's really cool so then I took I took him up on the offer and I had to go and he said why don't you know try doing the the band conducting so then I would join him for the junior bands and I would start conducting and then he said you know you really have a flair for helping people and helping kids I really think you should consider you know what have you thought about teaching and and consider it and it just grew from there it grew from all the all the sparks that he saw in me, you know, and, and I know you've talked about memorable teachers before on your podcast. So like the sparks that he saw in me and really got me to think about how can I utilize those strengths to help people. And, um, actually it's, it's what I wanted to do is become a teacher since then. It just started sinking in and I got more involved, um, with bands and I did my placements in schools, um, there in the music classrooms, also in French classrooms and, and yeah, and, and that's how the story started. So what was his name? Mr. Nicholas. Okay. Have you ever reached out to him and said, Hey dude, you were the reason I am where I am. Yeah, it, I mean, it's been a while now. I'd say it's been, I think maybe a, a decade. So yeah. nothing recently as you were, but yeah. And when I go home, always ask about him and stop in and say hi. And yeah, it's hmm. great. And, and I know all my educators um, will relate to this question because I, I think at the heart of the reason we become educators is we want to be those Mr. Nicholas's. And, uh, See? You, know, you know, hopefully um, one day when we are old and, I was going to say gray, but I've already got gray in my beard. Maybe when we are older, um, you know, we're somewhere and somebody stops us and they're just like, hey, Mr. Scott, do you remember me? Mm, And you'll be like, oh, yeah, even though you don't really. And they're going to be like, so you are the reason fill in the blank. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Okay, Um, so knowing what I know about you. Um, I would say your big ed idea is probably going to be uh, somewhere around tech, um, <laughs> which I think would be sufficient to say. Um, what is the problem in education that your big idea hopes to solve? No, it's a really great question. So it's definitely, you know, ed tech's a big part of it, but I would also say creativity is a big part of it, which okay. probably roots, you know, very early on in life. 
um, from my musical background, I guess you could say, and sure. um, makes sense, and where I see things going. But I think I want to, I really just want to dive into this idea of um, creativity and creative spaces in particular. And I actually was listening to a podcast. Um, you probably, you know, I'll, you know, Alfonso, my ed tech life, and so shout out to him and his podcast and I was listening to his episode and he had a guest on there that you know shared you know that she felt you know and this was just the other week that she felt that she hadn't had lost her creative spark and it really hit home for me and Mm -hmm. and it hit home because it's something that I'm actually you know writing my book about and this big thing that I want to help educators do is in this in this difficult time how can we actually lead um creatively with um with sparking of not only ideas, but our own curiosity of ourselves. How can we spark the curiosity of our students? What about the curiosity of those we support as leaders and the teachers that we support? Like I just shared earlier, I was doing an an inset training today for our middle leaders. And, you know, and and I'm sure you can, you know, relate to this as as a leader yourself, like people are tired right now. I was in a Twitter spaces last week, right? It's just exhausting. And um, everybody was commenting how quiet even Twitter was in this past month. And I just thought to myself, if it's one thing, well, maybe a few things, but one of the few things that we really can't afford to lose right now in the world of education is creativity. Because if everybody just, you know, we can't lose relationships, we can't lose creativity. There's a few things, right? Yeah. But creativity is one of them because For sure. if For we sure. lose our creative spark, then what's going to happen with the future? We don't go forward. You know, forward. what's going to happen? We don't go forward. We don't, we don't create new, we don't innovate our ideas. And so actually when I listened to that podcast and I just thought you know this this wonderful guest that he's had on the show probably is a voice of how many are feeling right now um so my big ad idea is to make sure that we are are supporting spaces which allow educators leaders students everybody in the education community to actually feel free to spark Um, Just, you know, simple idea, for example, let's say we're in an audio space, we ask a question, or we're here on Zoom, or we're doing a live webinar, and we're talking about ideas, and we ask questions, you know, how much lead time are we actually giving people to process, think, and respond? Little tiny things with space, time, can just allow people to ignite the flame, you know, it might be there, or it might be ignited already, but is it growing? Is it building? Is it is it is it sparking you know and what are we doing to help fuel that um so really big things that are important in this idea is creating areas where people can build on curiosity wonder because if you think about it you know as we're kids and i'm sure you know you're a dad so you obviously can relate to the following and i'm still a kid there you go i love that kid at heart um we think about when we're a child, we're so curious about the world around us. You know, Sir Ken Robinson talks all about this, you know, yeah, schools of sure, creativity. Yeah. And so it, it's not a new idea that I have, but it's more of like a push forward with many of the base ideas that like he set and a few others um, around the world have set. And what does that mean for us now, especially in, and I don't say post because we're not quite through right. the pandemic no, yet. Absolutely. So I, I'm not, I'm not with the word post yet, but what are we doing through the pandemic and how are we going to push through to not lose those things, 
you know, not lose wonder, not lose creativity, not lose imagination, because the minute that we start losing that, then we are not going to create for the future. No, I, I think, I think, so I'm gonna do a little self-reflection. Um, so when first COVID hit, which I don't know if you've ever taken the time to think of this, but um, our schools shut down March 13th, which was Friday the 13th. Um, and over here, Friday the 13th is kind of like an ominous like yes. day, you know? And, and I just remember that feeling from March 13th to the end of school, which was the end of May. And I remember really feeling just blah. Like I didn't have kids, so why would I need to be creative? I didn't really have staff that I was, you know, popping into their classrooms and doing all of that stuff. And then we went all summer. We didn't really know what was going on. And then in the fall, the fall hit. And I really just felt, I really felt uncreative. I really felt blah. And um, I'll definitely... I'll definitely give some shout outs to my men and ed Facebook group. Um, it was Hal Bowman who decided to start this group and him along with some other guys had this idea um, of starting podcasts. And I think it was like November or October. We all sat around learning about podcasts and then several of us started one and just the, 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 the simple act of starting a podcast January 7th was when my first episode dropped because that was my 40th birthday. Has oh. Yeah, yeah. Has completely reinvigorated um, my sense of creativity and all of this stuff. And so I love your idea because you're right. Creativity, innovation is at the heart of education and we can't lose that. Um, but as a leader, you know, what are some ideas that you have to kind of help me to be the innovative, uh, creative type of leader that my people need me to be? Oh, it's such a nice question. But I want to say, you know, and it's, it, it, it is part of the book that, that I have already written, is that actually we are all creative. So when you say, how can I be a creative leader? And, you know, you've already shared all of your love of music and everything like that. So it, it's already existing. Okay, but for okay. the, the people, but for the people that are listening, it's important to say that everybody, I really truly believe that everybody's creative. And I think sometimes we can get lost as a society. I just speak in general now, yeah? In general, we can get lost in the fact that, well, are we associating creativity to actually the physical subjects like art? You know, can I draw, can I paint? And if not, therefore I'm not creative. But actually, I think everybody is. So to answer your question about creative leadership, which is exactly what my book is about, things that are successful for me is all about the lens. I don't want to give too, too much away because obviously Mm. I'm writing a book about it, but I, but I, thank you. (laughs) I will share this. Um, People in edgy Twitter have already caught on a little bit about how I continuously share about how my life is so magical because I relate the place where I work to Hogwarts 
because it's so ancient. The actual physical building is so old here and in England. I relate it to being at Hogwarts and I work every day through that magical lens. And when I talk to staff, when I talk to students, when I talk to other leaders and I talk to parents and, and, you know, I also was a guest just recently. This is very interesting for you on a a grade four well, we're year four, I think it's grade five or grade three, I don't remember if it's up or down. Anyway, close enough, grade three or four uh, podcast last Friday. Oh, cool. And the kids, yeah, That's and cool. one of the kids, that is cool. And one of the kids asked me, she said, you know, what do you think of the school? Because I'm new here. And I said, you know what? And I lowered my voice and I said, mm-hmm. it's so magical. And they were like, oh, they didn't, you know, they didn't yeah, they expect didn't that an it. adult's going to rock up in here and say, hey, our place is magical. And so when you describe something that others see as normal, as being something actually that you're quite mm-hmm. passionate about, it really lifts the whole, you know, ambiance, um, mood, environment, it changes culture. So when we think about culture shift and you ask me, you know, how can I add creativity as a leader? You don't always, you know, not you, I speak generally again, people don't necessarily need to do things like pick up a paintbrush, although that's really cool too. I'm all about getting painty and creative, but it's about, sometimes just the lens and what you say and how you connect with people to help them realize that actually life's not so bad and actually we have so much to be grateful for around us just by having a positive lens I hope that made any kind of little sense but my lens right now is all about magical (laughs) no no it absolutely does one of my one of my um sayings and I actually um am having our art class I gave him a I gave them an assignment for, for Mr. Scott. They are designing a, um, a design around the idea of feed the positive dog. So uh, whoever has the best sketch, um, I'm going to buy them the, the, the supplies to paint me a canvas that I can hang in my office. Um, because I very, very, very much believe kind of what you're saying. Like we get up every morning and we can intentionally feed the positive or feed the negative dog. Um, there is, there's a thousand and one reasons to be negative, but, but I am very conscientious. There are a million reasons to be positive. Um, and we just got to take the time to look for it. That's it. I couldn't agree more. It's, it's about finding it. It's about, and it's really about living and breathing it, you know, because I kind of think, you know, we talked a little about earlier and I was celebrating you and your super awesome, real authenticity on this podcast. And you know, who else can smell authenticity? Kids and the teachers that we support in our schools, right? So, you know, you gotta, you gotta really live what you believe. You gotta, you got to be yourself. You got to be real and you got to make connections. Even if you add a little spark or a little magic to your day, just watch if you're consistent with that, it goes a really long way in helping grow your culture. Amen, sister. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I completely agree. Um, yeah. I mean, let's, let's look for the magic. Cause like you said, there is magic in education. There's magic in our buildings. Um, and when we see the magic, I think it just breeds creativity. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah, I don't, it just does. It's just about that, that knock on domino effect, right? It only takes one, one person, one student, one leader, one parent to change the world. And then it's a knock on effect. 
Amen. That's the whole idea of this podcast. <laughs> Um, hey, listen, I want to, I want to say something, Ryan, if that's okay. I want to shout out you, everybody who's listening and everybody around the world, even if it's after the fact, obviously, because I'm guessing you won't post it today, but it's a world teachers day today. So I wanted to give a shout out to everybody on your special podcast recording day for world teachers day. And just say, you know, I'm sure you join me in this sentiment, but like, thank you to everybody who is still out there right now on the, the, the grounds and the front line. See? So yeah, thank you for that. I just want to say that um, I appreciate, and I know you do too, Ryan, and so do so many leaders globally for everything people are doing right now to support that front line. Absolutely. Um, you know, as a as an administrator, um, one thing I'm I try really, 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 really hard is for my teachers to understand that like I am not the smartest person in the building. Um, I don't want to be the content expert of my building. That's where my teachers are. Um, and so, you know, I've been in interviews before where they're like, well, how are you going to be the content expert of the school? And I say, hold up. That's not me. I am not the content. <laughs> no, I am not. And I'm a firm believer in like you're saying, like, if I give them the spark or if I am the sparky guy and we create a space that's magical and we create a space where people feel purpose driven, then I just need to get out of their way. I am not the one that is going to be teaching them, they are going to do it on their own. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So uh, my girl, Georgina, I'm going to start us uh, on the downhill slide of this podcast. Um, Cause I think, yeah, that's right. I think you have done a remarkable job of talking about the problem, your solution. Um, and you've hinted around this book. So I want to make sure that I give you a space because, um, you know, all of the millions of people that are going to be listening to this podcast, um, they are going to want to know how to reach out to Miss Georgina Dean and how to get their hands on some of your um, amazing, remarkable um, ideas. So talk to us first about how can they get a hold of you? And then secondly, like this book. Sure. Thank you so much for the space. So yeah, um, as you've already mentioned, I'm, you know, often on, on edgy Twitter, so people can find me at techieleaderedu. Um, and um, I love learning and growing with people through, through Twitter and other spaces. So that's one. Another one on Instagram is at redefined. Um, so I'm also posting magical uh, snippets <laughs> of my days on Instagram. So definitely connect there for those. And um, LinkedIn, I guess, is the other professional yep. space, right? So they can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and then for the book, so shout a big, big shout out to my Codebreaker team, um, Brian Aspinall, Daphne, uh, Matt, Frank, everybody at Codebreaker. Um, such an amazing uh, community to to be a part of. It's like a, a family of disruptors, you know, like how I can want to join that support? family. Right? I'm right. telling you, it's it's contagious. So Codebreaker family, um, that, those will be my publishers, uh, the Codebreaker team, and I am writing a book about creative leadership. So all of the things that have helped me with um, successful, you know, school transformation, culture shift, all of those good things, all leading with a tiny little spark, a tiny little piece of passion, and how do we ignite that creativity into change across um, schools. So yeah, I would love, I would love to, to share that once it gets published, hopefully sometime in the next year. 
I don't like to put a date on it because with the pandemic, we just never know what's going to happen. Right. But Life hopefully, is messy. hopefully soon. There you go. Yeah. I actually, um, actually have Matthew, uh, Matthew X Joseph, um, oh, yeah. coming on. Well, we were supposed to do it last week and he got strep throat again, life happens. Oh, so we've rescheduled, yeah. but he will be coming on. Uh, and he's a member of the Codebreaker family. So pretty excited. He is. I can't take away his sparkle, but he's just started something really cool. So I'll let you unpack that with him when he joins, but he will be another phenomenal guest. So looks like you've got a bunch of disruptors lined up. Really exciting, Ryan and Hamish Brewer, you said on the yeah. 50th episode. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, this has been so much fun. And I know you will agree, like being able to meet and I've said this multiple, multiple times. There was a point where I really felt uh, maybe imposter syndrome is the right word. Like, like, who am I to have these ideas? Like, why should I think this way? Like, because it, it's not always accepted. And so when I was able to connect with you and um, Marty Silverman and Matt Joseph and uh, Dr. Prickett and all these crazy, amazing guys that and girls that literally <laughs> have the same ideas I have, it, it quickly um, made me feel okay to be a disruptor and, and, and be okay with living outside of the box. Um, so, so Georgina, I just want to say thank you for your support. Um, you didn't even intentionally do it, but just by being you, um, you helped me. So thank you. Oh, thank you to you too. I absolutely love learning through your podcast. You have some amazing stories and amazing sparks, I guess we can say, um, with the uh, the guests on your podcast. So thank you for letting me be part of your journey too. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to my friends out there in the Big Ed Idea podcast world, um, I'm going to leave you like I always do. Dreaming is like is it right? I mean, if you don't dream it, it doesn't happen. So I want to leave you with a quote on dreaming. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Um, and so here's what I want to do. I want to challenge you. If you are listening to this, I want you to get out a piece of paper, maybe now, maybe later. And I just want you to write down a dream of yours. Like what is something that seems out of this world, untouchable that you want to do, put it on a piece of paper and just look at it every day. Just pull it out. And I promise you, you're going to take steps to get there. Um, and in the words um, to close us, in the immortal John Janoski, who was the best grandpa that ever guy that that a guy ever had, um, he always said to me, "I will see you in the funny paper." hanging out with me here on the Big Ed Idea Podcast. My hope is that this would be a conversation, a meeting of the minds and a space for one person's vision to inspire the passions of another. However, none of this can happen without you. So let's be change agents together and build a better future. Please subscribe or reach out to me on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Come to the conversation with your passion and together, let's build something awesome. Until next time, I'll see you in the funny paper.